0: This is Donna Otto, and we are Modern Homemakers. It's wonderful that you choose to spend some of your time with us. And believe me, I know the importance of every minute of every day, especially in the culture that we live in. I hope that my dragging out the archives of training the will of your child and all those words about the difference between training and teaching we're an encouragement to you and that you can fall back into it. I cannot tell you how many hundreds of times that whole concept falls back into my own life and heart. And I have not been raising a child for a long time. My daughter's 48, if you don't know that already. Uh, but the difference between training and teaching is ongoing in our lives. And to understand it and to be able to distill where you lean in and where you don't and how you can see the difference in this responsibility you have in helping your children to grow up to be independent adults so i trust that that it was a good good thing for you this year we're spending an awful lot of time on our broadcast in talking about who you are as a woman who you are as a woman our goals in this work of modern homemakers is to encourage you in your areas of womanhood especially those who follow Christ and wife and mother and this role we have in managing our home and it's going to be time to soon start talking a little more about organization and I know you don't believe it but it's the middle of October and in 5 weeks it'll be Thanksgiving and then it'll be Christmas and are you ready? We're about to release our home for Christmas, and I'll make sure you know about that through an email for those of you who are on our mailing list. And if you're not on our mailing list, please Send look on the website and send us the information. We'll add you to our mailing list. But the Home for Christmas three hour presentation on how to get ready, how to have a prepared heart for Christmas is soon to be available. You can buy it once and use it over and over and you'll get the 30 pages of outline. Some of you have written about the outline and uh, we don't have the outline for the organizational class online. We've been selling it independently, but we're about to convert that so that you can purchase the uh, organizational tape and get the handout as well. Now, you're not going to get the handout. You're going to have to print it off your own computer, but you'll have access to it. So a lot of that will help you get through these holidays. I've said this many times, and if you watch the Home for Christmas, I probably said it on the Home for Christmas video, but my dear mother-in-law... Uh, when she was 75 years old, which I am closing in on in the next few years, she said, Mother, I said to her, you're not feeling very enthusiastic about the holidays that are coming. She loved the holidays. She loved all the food. Of course, she really loved it after they moved from Wisconsin to Arizona, and she could tell me what she wanted for Thanksgiving dinner, and I did it. She really loved it. I'm looking forward to those days myself. But I said, you're not very enthusiastic. And she said, I've been doing Christmas for 75 years And I thought, oh, that is a different perspective. And I think that that's not how God wants us to look at it. So whatever it is that's been a drudgery to you, one of the things I talk about in preparation for Christmas, if it is excessive, stop it. Just stop it. Don't even think about it. Don't plan it. You've always done this or that. A memory is good and wonderful. Traditions are an important part of our heritage, and I've taught about it for years. Written about it in Finding Your Purpose as a Mom. But anything that is excessive, that takes the joy out of what you're doing, is not a good tradition. So there we have a few things going on at the ministry. Today I want to talk to you about something that has just been just alive and so vibrant to me. It's a Thanksgiving psalm. And I don't talk very much about the nature and the composition of the psalms, but one of the kinds of psalms is a Thanksgiving psalm. There are laments and thanksgivings, and there are all sorts of types, and I'm not going into that today. But Psalm 30 is a Thanksgiving psalm, and it's David. Not all the psalms were written by David. And the thing that I would say personally from the psalms is that I avoided them for a lot of my early years of faith until I recognized the vitality of these psalms written by men who spoke it in candor. And if they were crying in their beds till their beds were soaked with water or they were thanking God because they were dancing for joy, they were very vulnerable and authentic. And and it was that moment that I changed my whole thinking about the psalms. And now I don't think I can get through a day without reading some of the psalms. So I want to encourage you to do that in a general way. But this psalm is Psalm 30. And I titled it, Anger is Temporary. And favor or grace is permanent, and I title that because those words are found in the psalm. I'd like to read these first this short twelve verses through one time, and then I just want to go back and give you a few reflections on the whole of the psalm. "I will extol you, O Lord, for you have drawn me up, and did not let my foes rejoice over me. O Lord, my God, I cried to you for help and you have healed me. O Lord, you brought my soul up from Sheol, restored me to life from among those gone down to the pit. Sing praises to the Lord, O you, his faithful ones, and give thanks to his holy name. For his anger is but a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. As for me, I said in my prosperity, I shall never be moved by your favor, O Lord. You had established me as a strong mountain, and you hid your face, and I was dismayed. To you, O Lord, I cried, and to the Lord I made supplication. What profit is there in my death if I go down to the pit? I love that. What profit is there in my death? Oh, let me tell you, Lord, that if I die, I can't praise you anymore. Oh, dear old David, will the dust praise you? Will it tell you of my faithfulness? hear, O Lord, and be gracious to me, O Lord, be my helper. Yeah, 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 that's what you should said, David. And he says it in such, such visceral honesty that you can't help but just love him. And then in verse 11 and 12, you have turned my mourning, M-O-U-R-N-I-N-G, into dancing, and you have taken off my sackcloth, and you have clothed me with joy so that my soul may praise you and not be silent. Oh Lord my God, I will give thanks to you forever. I, I, I'm just overwhelmed, can You can hear my papers moving here? I've been making notes and typing and adding. I'm just overwhelmed with these 12 verses. I will extol you, I will give you thanks, he says, for you have drawn me up. He's so intentional, he's so intentional scholars think that this particular psalm was David giving thanks for the building of the temple. And I looked at that and I thought, yeah, so the building of the temple, that was Solomon's project. He didn't get it finished. David's going to finish. It got torn down. Will it be rebuilt? Uh, There was like this whole thing that went through my mind about buildings and gold and stone and arcs. and, And then just like that, whoosh. I thought, yes, but I am the temple. Because this old covenant was replaced when Jesus came. And he tells me in the new covenant that I am the temple because Jesus lives within me. So this dedication of Thanksgiving to the temple it just gave me a breath and I could just, just take a breath. And I was struck with it recently because I think I mentioned to you that I went through a long wilderness period. Um, I don't look at my life as wildernesses very often. Um, I think it's my bubbly personality, my uh, joyful way of life, my saying to my husband um, many years ago, I don't know why people would be depressed. It makes them so sad. And he, he said to me years, years later, Oh, honey, you had no understanding about melancholy at all, did you? No, I didn't. I, I thought, no, I pretty much avoided that, is really how I handled it in my early years. But this wilderness experience was being lifted. And as I felt it being lifted, I would just weep before the Lord. And the word became so alive to me that this instruction of love and grace and that King David, who is giving this thanks for the temple, and that I am the temple, and he says, I will extol you. I will. The opening phrase, I will extol you. Not if I feel like it, not when I think of it, not um, because someone prods me into it, but I, I just was reminded of this praise that comes spontaneous when we say, I will I will. I look and I say I will. I'm reminded of the praise that overflows out of our spontaneous when we feel grateful for something. I was recently in some of God's beautiful country in the state of Utah and there were several times that tears just flowed down my face because the mountains, the hills, the colors, the rivers, the streams, the white caps on the rivers, the snow that covered the top of the mountains, it was just so beautiful, so graciously, extravagantly beautiful. And I thought, how can we not, how can we not pause and see God in our surroundings? But when I get really busy, I miss it. And then he says in verse two and three, I cry to you for help. Um, You know, I don't know about you, but sometimes I cry out loud like I'm going to die. Like I'm going to die. I love coming to the Proverbs in helping you moms and myself when I was a young mom, if you spank them, they will not die. The proverb says they will not die. And sometimes I say that to myself and I'm being extravagantly soulful and mournful over my distress. And I say to myself, you will not die over this. I'm not going to perish over this. But he, he says in verses two and three, I cried to you for help and you brought my soul out of the pit and you restored me. His intentionality of, I will extol you, and he does, and God brings him out. And then in verse 4, he says, sing praise to the Lord. Sing praise, not because your circumstances are great, but sing praise because he is the Lord. And then that phrase which I gave um, to title our time together, his anger is but for a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Favor What does favor mean, approval or support? It's usually something about, uh, you know, like an overt act of kindness. The king favored you. He noticed you. It's beyond what you know is do you. I thought of the phrase preferential treatment, VIP, very important person. I took my my granddaughter to a theater that had VIP seating, and I thought, Are they kidding me? In the theater, I get VIP seating. How many of you like it when there's VIP? Anything that's for you. Preferential treatment. And that's what this phrase is. For his anger is but a moment, and his favor is for a lifetime. Preferential treatment is his way with me. And I thought about how I treat others. I have two young women in my world right now, And one of them has just gone through a travesty um, done upon her. And it's so easy for me to encourage her. She's broken and open. And it's so easy for me to encourage her. And the other young woman is going through a a difficult, difficult, hard, impossible situation that will change the course of her life forever. But she's willful and, and determined not to do what God's called her to do. And, and I thought about these two scenarios and I thought, oh, how easy it is for me to give preferential treatment. <laughs> if that verse were written by me, but my anger is for a lifetime and my favor is but a moment, because I, I want her to fix this thing and, and it's not fixable it's just not fixable. I I don't watch much TV, but I like blue bloods. And if you don't like mysteries and murders and things like that, you won't like blue bloods. But I love this sort of theme of morality and family. I mean, after all, it's TV, the 21st century. And the senior man, who's the father, the grandfather, he says to the son, you know, it's the model of the haircut model. And the son, who's a grown man, says, I don't know, Pops, what is the haircut model? And he says, well, if your secretary comes in tomorrow morning or your wife comes home tomorrow afternoon or your daughter comes in and she has a very radical, strange haircut, what are you going to say? I don't know, what am I going to say? Well, no, what are you going to say? And he says, I'm going to say it'll grow. And Pops says, no. You see, the hair's already cut. It's already done. What you're going to say is... You look great, and I paused as I heard this simple illustration on a TV show, and I thought, when someone in our life does things that are not, what what it, what what is this model here that God gives us? His anger is for a moment, but his favors for a lifetime, and I think it's a practice that we should uh, engage in. He says. David then goes on to say, "In my prosperity, I shall never be moved." You know, look what I did. This is me. I I look what I've gained, and I built the temple, and I'm the king, and yada 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 yada. And and he's he's just talking what I call careless conversation. Be careful about careless conversation, girls, because God is listening. Now, the Psalms, psalmists encourage us to be authentic. Don't be afraid. It's okay to tell him you're mad or you're angry. But be careful if you begin to think more of yourself than you do of him. Look what I did, boasting in my security. Your security is not there because of what you did. And he says, Oh, by your favor, O oh Lord, you established me as a strong mountain. You hid your face when I was dismayed. God hid his face as an expression of this removal of protection and provision because David had just gone off half tooted and was talking about all the things that he had done. Verses eight through ten, he says that God David says, I cried out to the Lord. Now in second Samuel twenty four and fifteen, God reminds us this plague that came. That's what what David's talking about and he made supplication to God and then he says and and besides what profit is there if I die and go to the pit i mean will the dust praise you you need me to praise you will it tell you you're faithful no hear me o lord be gracious to me i i love that i think he's so self-centered but he's so honest in this fabric and i think the psalmist remind us of how awful we can be like okay i thank you lord and I know you did this because you love me, but I also know you did this because without me, who would praise you? And then comes these last, and you've heard this so many times, you've turned my mourning into dancing. This is like festivity. Have you been to a wedding lately or a celebration? Have you watched dancing in the streets spontaneously? Have you watched your children come in from school and give you a high five and do their own sort of jive because something wonderful has happened? That's what's happened here. That's what happened here. He said, you've turned my mourning into dancing and you've taken off my sackcloth. And I I just couldn't resist wondering what was sackcloth. Jacob says, just after they've discovered that, Joseph is gone. He's gone, and they don't know where he is. Well, some of them know where he is, but Jacob doesn't. And it says that Jacob tore off his garments and put sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son for many days. And then just turning the page in Psalm 35, verse 13, he says, but as for me, when they were sick, I wore sackcloth. I afflicted myself with fasting, I prayed with my head bowed on my bosom as I was grieved for my friends and family." And he says, no, Take off all those grieving cloths. Take off all those concerns for your children. Those of you who have kids who have gone astray. He says, "No, take them off." He wants to turn our mourning into dancing. He wants to clothe us with joy. And you know, I thought about what am I clothed in joy? What does that really look like? What did, What are my clothes of joy? I don't know. They're shouting clothes. They're They're praising clothes. They're bright clothes. They're colorful clothes. I don't know if I think about it in terms of actual fabric. But I do know that when my clothing of my spirit is joy, that I will be telling everyone all the time about what he has done and changed in my circumstances and changed in my heart. Oh, thank you, dear David, for writing this wonderful psalm and reminding us that I will give thanks to God forever. If you've been short on giving thanks to God recently if you've been concerned more about your circumstances and the difficulties of life, if you've been watching like I have the political difficulty in our culture, maybe reading or memorizing or taking to heart these words from Psalm 30 will change your mourning and turning it into dancing. In a few days, you'll hear me begin a two-part series on the assault in America. And I think that it will be encouraging to you to listen to what your place can be in this assault on America. Remember, the common begin and the uncommon finish. Go out and make it a very uncommon day of dancing.